Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discuss. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Just a quick note before the podcast uh, to warn you that the uh, audio quality suffers a bit in this. Um, for some reason, the uh, uh, application we are using for this podcast, to record it at least, um, uh, has it must have slowed down uh, my portion of it and speeded up uh, the doctor's portion of it a bit or, or, or uh, something like that because you'll, you'll notice that uh, at times Nicole is talking over me um, and that certainly wasn't the way it, it went. Hopefully it's not too annoying, and uh, we thought that uh, overall um, it didn't distract enough to have to just trash this and, and re-record it, which is kind of a pain. So I uh, appreciate you kind of sticking with it and uh, bearing with this, and, and uh, we're looking at uh, alternatives in the future to prevent this sort of thing. Thanks for listening. Hi, Doctor. Hi, Dad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I totally forgot we're in a new year. It seems like we were already like three months into it. I know. It seems like Christmas is like mm-hmm. a long forgotten whatever. Geez. <laughs> um, but we're not fortunately that far into the, the new year, although a little bit further than I wanted to record our first podcast. But um, hopefully with you um, opening your private practice um, and being out of that kind of corporate medicine environment, your, your schedule will have a little more flexibility. Yes, that's the idea. Yes. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Awesome. So today, um, the, the, um, the question we're addressing is how much exercise is needed to lose weight. And uh, probably pretty timely given all of the New Year's resolutions that um, have have been placed, a lot of them, I'm sure, on, on okay, this is the year I'm going to lose weight. Um, and, you know, at this point, um, people are, have, have had a couple of weeks of, of, you know, either eating less or exercising more, or a combination of those two, and people are getting on the scales looking at it with, you know, bated mm-hmm. breath, yeah. <laughs> saying, okay, you know, did I lose five pounds this week or yeah. did I gain two pounds or whatever? Um, so we're getting into, into crunch time. So, uh, and it should be, you know, kind of a pretty simple kind of equation. You know, if you, if you begin an exercise program, if you've been sedentary, begin an exercise program or increase your exercise routine, losing weight should become easier. But I think we all know from some experience that isn't necessarily the, the case. So, so you know, the, the question is why doesn't the added calorie deficit of working out more translate into, into better success in, in managing uh, our, our waistlines in, in general? Um, and, and I think this, you know, kind of that question really can can be applied more broadly you know we can think of it as you know how much exercise 
is is beneficial or you know what is the least amount i can do to get benefits that minimum effective dose mm -hmm. so so to speak so i'm curious you know when you talk about this subject with your patients if they ask you you know how much exercise do i need how do you address that question well usually when we talk about exercise i tell them do not exercise for weight management do not um, tie the idea of exercise around your weight weight loss weight gain whatever um, and i tell people you know that when it comes to weight up and down it's like 90 percent your diet if not more um, and the benefits of exercise because then i and then i follow it up with exercise is probably the best thing you can do for your overall health and longevity outside of quitting smoking so then it's like okay well i don't understand uh, right <laughs> i'm sure that confuses well because the benefits of exercise are way you know greater than just potentially losing weight first of all um so i tell people i don't care if you don't lose a pound if you're exercising your heart is healthier your cardiovascular system is healthier you're decreasing your risk of cancer you're improving your sleep you're improving your mood um so that's what you exercise for um when it comes to weight it's hard because exercise we know doesn't really tip the scale that much unless you are doing substantial you know exercises where your calorie burn is a lot and the other piece to that is yeah you could look at your tracking device or like the treadmill whatever and it's going to probably triple how many calories you're actually burning you know is that is that your yeah. take I mean, that, if you're using a heart rate monitoring that. device um and you and it's a good you know then it maybe it's not triple but like if you get on a bike at the gym and it just randomly logs you know oh you burned x number of calories i would honestly cut that into a third um like yeah. a, and kind of like a little because if we're talking about that we, we should differentiate you know kind of net added calories burned from exercise versus gross calories burned during the exercise because really what you're interested in is you're going to burn With, calories just exactly so you have to couch. remove those so it's just the extra calories on top of your day-to-day -day living um that are by the exercise and it takes a lot of work I, I estimate that for myself you know if I'm doing like a peloton ride that um, and I'm going all out kind of the whole time in 30 minutes I will burn at best 300 calories and that would be a little bit more you know for someone who has more weight on them the more weight you have usually the more you burn um, but I usually say at Good, like peak keeping your heart rate up consistently um you can look at like honestly a hundred calories every 10 minutes right so, and that's, that's working, working hard, hard. Exactly. And, and that's your and you're saying that's your net gain over versus exactly and that's much. but that's like working out hard the entire time um so like people who do pilates yep. and resistance training weightlifting, all that stuff is amazing to do you should do it it has so many benefits but how many calories are you burning while you're doing it not that, not as many, not nearly as many as you think. Um, and, and then we talk about the exactly. compensatory piece of it, which is what the studies that we're going to talk about are, are kind of researched. And you know, so so right in in like about a minute of eating 
something that's relatively dense in calories, you could cancel out that 300 calories you earn by working very exactly and i do minutes. that i'm pretty sure <laughs> i do that like on days that i exercise even if i try to not have anything extra you know than i would on any other day i absolutely i i am certain yeah. that consciously or subconsciously i will stick my hand in you know mixed nuts or um you know take the crust of one of my kids grilled cheeses you know what i mean and it's then it's gone but in my mind <laughs> my exercise i do not exercise to lose or even maintain weight i just exercise for the other benefits so that i know that if i only get 15 minutes or 20 minutes in that's fantastic um now there's definitely a benefit to exercise when it comes to weight loss especially if you're someone who does nothing and then all of a sudden you're exercising six days a week your those calories are going to add up so it's not that it doesn't do anything um i just like to disassociate the, the idea context. of exercise because then what happens with people is they exercise their tails off and exercise is hard work i don't care who you are if you're exercising whether you're lifting or doing cardio you know it's not it's not really fun like i don't love getting on the peloton and no there's a there's a sub yeah. subset of, of people who who look at exercise and, and working out hard is fun but i'm in i'm with right you. it's work I'm, for it's sure work. um and then you after you know two weeks of doing that you know, five days a week, you get on the scale and you lost a pound or gained two pounds, you're frustrated, pissed, and you're not going to work out anymore because you're like, what's the point? So you have to remember, you have to think about doing the exercise to live longer, to prevent cardiovascular disease, to prevent strokes, to prevent cancer, to sleep better. You got to think about all those things. That's why you do it. The And I think to some extent, you know, so it, there's a somewhat of a flywheel mm -hmm. effect to it, I think. So if you're working out, um, then you're you're naturally kind of more focused on your fitness, Absolutely. overall fitness. Yes. You're, if you're more likely you're, to that's Correct. Now, now yeah. we have shown in other podcasts and other studies and a little bit here when we talk about the studies that some people do consciously or subconsciously take in more calories. They're usually still healthy calories. Um, and the more you exercise, the more you exercise, the less you exercise, the less you exercise. So it is certainly going to contribute, Slippery slope mm -hmm. but you have to yeah. remember that exercise has so many other benefits um, that are greater than the number on the scale moving. Just, just the weight. So yeah, let's, so let's get into these studies because it's pretty interesting. They're actually, um, there, there are two kind of um, related studies done by the same group of researchers. Um, Kyle Flack is an assistant professor of nutrition at the University of Kentucky. Um, so these these guys explored the idea of okay, how much exercise is uh, is needed to, to lose weight. Um, so they had a group of in um, this. So this first one was published back in 2018. The one, the subsequent one was published in 2020. So we're talking about the first one uh, first, um, published in 2018. They um, they had overweight sedentary men and women um, start exercising enough so that one group burned 1,500 calories a week during their, their workouts, and another group did 3,000 calories a week during their workouts. And they did had them do that for three months, and then they compared the weight loss. Um, and then they also used some other 
metabolic calculations to determine how many calories those volunteers had consumed um, in compensation, let's say, for their, mm-hmm. for their workouts. Um, and um, what they found was pretty interesting that regardless of how much they, the, the groups worked out, so obviously one group worked out for double the amount of time and effort that, that, the, that let's say, group A worked out, um, it, that the amount of, of um, compensatory eating was the same. It was 1,000 calories mm-hmm. a week for, for either group. Um, so, you know, kind of the, the math alone would indicate that, okay, for that group that, um, that burned 1500 calories a week exercising, they, they then compensated by, by gaining, um, by, by eating a thousand calories more for that week than they had a net calorie deficit mm-hmm. of 500 for the week versus the 3000 calorie burn group <clears throat> had that same thousand calorie, um, compensatory eating they had a net deficit of 2000 right. calories per week. So, and, and, and what they found in terms of weight loss matched the math. So if you did the math on the, let's say the, the group that burned 1500 calories had a 500 calorie a week deficit times 13 weeks, about 6,500 calories of, of deficit, so to speak. Uh, and they lost right. a little so, less than two yeah. pounds. So what it kind of, is that's, 3,500 calories per def- per right. And that's the thing to keep pound. in mind too, is there's 3,500 calories in a pound. So people get frustrated when they don't lose, they, they do really well with their diet and exercise and they don't lose five pounds in a week. Think about how many calories you have to be in the negative, you know, to, to burn that. Um, but from this study, it sounds like, um, it was really not a factor of how much you're exercising, but just if you're exercising or not, you're taking in, you know, X amount of extra calories. And it's not because people told them to, you know, compensate for your exercise. It's just what people just did because either they were more hungry or the responsive exercise caused increased, you know, food intake. They weren't telling them to compensate right. for it. Well, they, they, they specifically, you're right. They did specifically didn't um, do like, Okay, we're going to have you exercise, and we're going to have right. you control what you eat. It was at, mm-hmm. what they call ad libitum. Ad libitum. So you eat, they ate whatever they wanted, basically. Um, and and you know, the, so the, the the group that did exercise, you know, more, definitely lost more. They lost right. like seven and a half pounds, and and the you know because they were losing, they they had a net calorie deficit of two thousand a week versus the right. five hundred a week from the other group. So. Um, so that was an interesting piece because it, that tells you that if you're going to lose weight, you've got to, and you want to, to, to have exercise be a, a primary component of that. Let's say you wanted to lose, you know, 20 pounds and you wanted to still eat the same thing. You've got to exercise a lot because of 3000 calories, like you just said. So you had a net 300 calorie burn mm-hmm. with 30 minutes of hard working out. That would be. Mm-hmm. 10 hours uh, no right maybe 10 no 10 sessions right. of, thir- of, of really minutes. hard working out um so yeah it's right. it takes a lot it definitely takes a lot um and as you see there like it can be done you definitely can lose weight with exercise but people don't realize how much work it 
it is. So we all think, and part of it's because of the devices that we use and the trackers that we use um, that are overestimating. It's almost impossible to accurately estimate calories burned unless you're like using the, the you know, devices in the labs to monitor your oxygen output. Um, but people don't realize you think like you go for the, to the gym and, you know, walk on a treadmill, ride a bike for a little bit, lift some weights. Um, and in your mind, you think you burn so much more because it's a lot of work. And because of that, you are either hungrier or you think you, you know, earned, quote unquote, earned yourself, you know, whatever it is, but it is so easy to eat those calories. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you the two, the two things that I've done, forms of exercise I've done in my life where I know where I really kind of saw that, okay, the, the energy expenditure of the exercise is definitely, you know, overcoming any compensatory eating I was doing is hiking the Appalachian trail. You know, I, I lost weight in the week I did that, even mm-hmm. though I was eating a lot and uh, it was, because it and was, it was so, constant. so hard. It was constant. Yeah. Well, right. It was right. like nine hours yeah. a day of hard hiking. And to, to your point about constancy, um, the other the other place I, I noticed it is when I'm exactly. snowboarding for, you know, a whole, you know, for and it doesn't happen. I don't, you know, I, I, I think once in my life yeah. I snowboarded for a whole week kind of type of thing. But there again, I was eating a lot and I was noticeably yeah. losing yeah. weight during, during that period of time. But so, you know, for the that that doesn't apply to the average person who's trying to fit in exercise in their in their busy day for sure so let's talk about this follow-up study so that's that's what the first study showed pretty pretty you know interesting um so talk talk about the follow-up study they did because they wanted they wanted to dig a little deeper so then this this one was the one from 2020 um and they used overweight men and women um and found that you know working out can help you lose weight, but they wanted to kind of get a better look at why and maybe see if there's um, something happening to the different hormones involved with appetite and weight loss um, when you do exercise. Um, So again, I think the overarching theme was you have to exercise a lot um, to make a difference in weight and the the number on the scale. Um, So in this study that was working out six days a week um, for up to an hour or 300 minutes a week. So that's a lot. And I tell people not to feel like that's what they have to do when they start exercising, because that's for someone who's trying to exercise, literally just change their exercise in order to lose weight. So. Yeah. So 300, I think it was 320 minutes is, is what the, the high um, level group did versus um, you know, I forget how much for the lower group. Um, it was just, it was a, it was but it was a lot, week versus lot less. Two days a week. Uh, so 320 um, so minutes. The, a week. the, there was a six day a week exercise group, um, and they exercised for 320 minutes. And then there was a two days a week group and they, um, exercised for, gosh, it was like 180 minutes or something like that. Um, so those just, yeah as an overarching theme, again, working out and exercising two days a week is still fantastic for your health. It's, if you're doing it just because you want to lose weight, then it's probably not going to 
it's not going to cut it. But if you're doing nothing and then you go to exercising, you know, two days a week, that's way better than nothing. Um, but for this study, looking at, again, weight loss, um, they wanted to see how individuals compensate for the energy that they expend in 12 weeks of aerobic exercise. So a group exercising twice a week for 12 weeks and then six days a week for 12 weeks um, to look at the different mechanisms maybe that exercise um, plays in your response, whether that's food intake or overall weight loss. Um, so they use sedentary adults, so adults who otherwise weren't used to exercising, 18 to 40 years old, um, BMI was 25 to 35, so anything above 25 is considered overweight and above 30 is considered obese. Um, and then, let's see, so what they did was calculated the energy expenditure from different graded exercise tests. So they were they were more accurate, you know, than you or I using our watches or machines. Mm -hmm. um, so it was calculated across different heart rate zones. And then energy compensation was how they compensated for that expenditure or how they responded um, in their energy intake or food intake in response to their extra exercise. Um, again, they weren't told to compensate. They just, you know, were told to eat their diet, whatever it was. Um, and that was calculated by the difference between expected weight loss, because that would be what you'd expect just based on the energy you burn from exercising alone, um, versus the actual changes in fat and fat-free mass. So the resting energy expenditure was assessed in the, using the calorimetry, um, and then they drew labs to look at a few different hormones. Um, they looked at ghrelin, which is the hormone made and released mostly in the stomach. Um, and it's kind of called the hunger hormone because it stimulates appetite and promotes fat storage by acting at a certain part of um, the brain and helps to regulate appetite. So when you start to feel hungry, um, you know, that's kind of like the ghrelin, that hormone acting um, in the brain. And then leptin mm -hmm. is a hormone that's released from fat cells, which also acts in the hypothalamus. But while ghrelin is going to kind of regulate meal-to-meal -meal hunger and meal-to-meal -meal, um, kind of intake, leptin works over the long term to ideally maintain like a normal weight and um, regulate kind of the balance of hunger and fullness over time. They also looked at insulin, which of course we know produced by the pancreas um, in response to generally glucose or carbohydrates that you take in. Um, and insulin is what brings the glucose from our bloodstream into the different cells of our body to use as energy. And then glucagon-like peptide or GLP-1. And this is a hormone that enhances the secretion of insulin. And it also is involved in increasing the feeling of fullness. So we've got the hunger hormone, ghrelin, leptin, which helps control long-term kind of um, energy expenditure and food intake, and then insulin and GLP-1, which um, works with insulin and helps with feeling of fullness. Um, so they assess those during fasting and after meals. So what did they find? So of course, 
the six, the people who worked out six days a week expended much more energy and exercised a lot longer than the two days a week. That was not surprising. Right. right. Um, so, and they also that. lost yeah. greater fat, um, greater amounts of fat compared to the two day a week, of course. Um, the exercise groups, the two different groups did not differ in the percentage of um, calories compensated. So again, um, they didn't, the, the six day a week exerciser didn't really compensate by taking in a lot more calories compared to two days a week. So it's kind of like either yes or no. Right. Do you exercise? Yes. Okay. You're going to take in X amount of extra calories, but it's not a proportional thing. So it, mm -hmm. ma it matched their, their previous finding that there's right. kind of a, a ceiling for that. Which is uh, interesting. Energy um, compensation. And then what they found yeah. was by measuring all the, you know, hormones at different times throughout the 12 weeks was that the um, decreases, decrease in ghrelin, the hunger hormone predicted greater fat loss. So that was not surprising. Ghrelin's the hunger hormone. So they were seeing, they were seeing higher levels of um, ghrelin, um, or saying higher or lower levels of ghrelin would they saw right. in the high. So if we look at the specific um, amounts, um, they yeah they're seeing a greater decrease in ghrelin in the higher exercise group. So the more you exercise, the more yeah. your hunger yeah. hormone is actually tuned down. Um, so then you are not feeling hungry as often and not eating as much, presumably. Um, yeah. and, and, and it sounds like that, you know, um, ghrelin similar to um, insulin, maybe then having some effect on your fat cells or just allowing you right. to, to access it does play a energy. role in um in fat storage yep um the other thing they noticed was changes in leptin um was the only independent predictor for energy compensation meaning um energy intake because of the exercise extra calories taken in because of the exercise there was a greater decrease in leptin um, predicting less energy compensation. So de when the leptin goes down, um, there's less energy compensated for the exercise. You're not taking in as much. So that's another decrease um, that they found more in the greater exercise group. Um, so both of those hormones decreased, which um, played a role. Which is... And it is, sorry to interrupt you, but it's a little counterintuitive because if leptin, if leptin is the hormone mm -hmm. that inhibits hunger to some extent, you would think that less of it would, you know, kind of you would, cause it's counterintuitive. you counterintuitive, and I think the um, explanation they kind of had for that was that having decreased leptin actually increased the its sensitivity and how kind of how well it worked. Yeah, which which kind of um, makes sense, you know, if I think about the analogy of, you know, when when we have too much insulin too often flowing through our system, exactly. then our cells become insensitive mm -hmm. to, to that insulin 
and we can't regulate blood sugar as well right. and it causes all so the when it's around too much issues then so, the cells kind of stop their their nice swift response to yeah right right um so it that's interesting so you could can you theorize i'm, I'm just going off on a tangent here that okay you're for someone who's overeating they're constantly overeating so their leptin production is is pretty high because they're it's trying to inhibit the hunger but you know they're overeating because they're you know for whatever reason they're stressed they're susceptible to all that food marketing or they're you know um they're kind of brain chemistry is kind of got them hooked on carbs or whatever so there's plenty of leptin flowing but right exactly which is like insulin you want to be sensitive to your insulin um so yeah it's kind of like a a dangerous circle of you know the problem um gets you into a cycle where the everything is, is less sensitive and not working as optimally, which then just perpetuates the problem more and more and more. And leptin is made by fat cells um, in the small intestine. So those with more fat storage give off more leptin, which in this case is counterproductive. Even though that, I know that's confusing, right. but... Um, right. In this case, the decrease in leptin is what is tied to less energy um, compensation. Yeah, but that uh, actually, uh, you know, I guess, again, at first blush, that looks uh, counterintuitive. But then if you use the uh, if you use the, right. the exactly. insulin yep. analogy, it makes perfect sense. All right. There we go. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So, so what what's kind of your conclusion from these sets of studies? Does this change at all your perspective or, or what yes, you? And you no, for the most part, no. It actually exercise? confirms what I am already telling people is that really, unless you are going to be, I tell and I tell them, I was like, unless you're going to run like ten miles five days a week, um, or you know, work out pretty consistently for an hour or two a day. Um, Your exercise is really not going to tip the scale very much. And this just kind of confirms that. Um, But that's why I make sure to explain that with that said, it's still the most important thing in my opinion to do for your overall health and longevity, unless you smoke, in which case the most important thing for you is to stop smoking. Um, But what it will change is probably those people who are obese um, and have had a lot of trouble um, kind of getting over the hump. And there's so many different factors and genetics that play, come into play with obesity. Um, It is that person's obese because they take in a ton of calories and have no willpower to, to eat healthy or whatever. You know, there's, there's usually a heck of a lot more at play, a lot more, um, you, you just genetically are, are at a disadvantage um, and it's hard, but there's also, as you see here, a lot of hormones involved. So for those people, it might be more beneficial to really promote a more, um, you know, maybe not necessarily super strenuous, but longer um, exercise goals, at least um, for a, a span of time to help re-regulate their, these hormones. 
Yep. Yep. Makes sense. And I think, um, you know, if you, if you think of our previous con, uh, conversations around how nutrition impacts weight management, we talk about, you know, this kind of three levers within that nutrition bucket, you know, when mm-hmm. you are, yeah, yep. when you eat, how much you eat and what you eat. So this, you right. can almost look at exercise as a fourth lever in, in that weight management piece. And certainly, the, so the more levers you pull on, the more yep. the more control you have over your weight, so to speak. So if you add exercise in there, plus you are eating cleaner, let's say, then you're, the fact that you're not regulating how much you eat or when you eat um, won't have as as mm-hmm. bad an effect upon you, or so to speak. You know, I don't I don't know if pulling it's two levers another, will allow you to lose weight. Component to weight loss. Yeah. Stay steady. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a great way to, to I think think of it. Um, and again, I think there is that that flywheel effect of if you're exercising, you're more likely to, to eat eat healthy. I know for me, my thought is, geez. If I'm like you, if I if I just burned 300 extra calories by working hard for 30 exactly. minutes, I don't want to give that up yep. in one minute yep. of, of snacking type of thing. So cool. Well, hopefully this uh, this discussion kind of sets uh, helps folks, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of their expectations around what they can get from from exercise and, and also um, kind of uh, kind of works it into the the, the the broader picture of of how much exercise is beneficial i think we would both agree that that it, it you know it's it's it is um a, a analog not not binary yep. kind of question or or answer actually exactly in other words yes. and for some a lot of different reasons exercise. not just for weight And, and then it becomes, right. okay, why are, you know, what are your goals in exercising? Yep. Well, general fitness, boom, you hit, you hit it. And, and hey, the more you do, the better you're going to get. And there's no, there's almost like no compensatory thing, unless you're, you're because you're exercising, <laughs> you're, you're yeah, smoking an extra pack of cigarettes a day. <laughs> or, or because you're exercising. Which you're some doing, people, you that's know, what they, you know, that's kind of, know, of, of what they, how, how we think. That's the compensation i guess yeah um so you gotta you gotta but the 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 if you if you want to exercise as part of your weight loss equation you've got to um also be be working on some of those nutrition levers cool well great well um thanks for uh for carving out time from your busy day and um sounds great doing more of these with you in 2021 we do bye okay take care love you Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com. That's spelled T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard 
or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.